Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back. It is the final hour of In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, listen, if you've missed any of it, I implore you to go back. You can listen to the show on demand. It's a bunch of great stuff. It has been nothing but football coverage outside, of course, of where Bogman and I go off track. We haven't even talked about 30 Days of Night. That Bogman finally watched <laughs> the movie, and we need a review of that. It's terrible. What have right? we done? We've, we've actually talked so much about sports, we couldn't be completely doing our irrelevant things, Bogman. Yeah, I know. We haven't talked about all kinds of strange stuff yet. So, Which is unfortunate. Guess you guys just have to wait till next week. Too many guests. I know. Crazy. But uh, you can listen to us also live on iHeartRadio or wherever you are. Just reminding you guys you can take us wherever it's going as the football season is fully here. Your drafts are here. And you can follow us on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh and at Bogman Sports. If you've got any last-minute draft things that you need covered. Now, we got a great guest on. But first, I do want to tell you that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. That's kind of cool. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest opening probably right about now. They say on the copy here, it's about a week before NFL kickoff. Guess what, guys? That's now. So go to FantasyFactor.com right now. That's FantasyFactor.com. Go do that. Win some money. Uh, joining us on the line right now is a gentleman uh, across multiple sites. We know him from fan tracks and, and some of our stuff, but he's also a contributor over at 4 for 4. He's got the Dynasty Manual podcast. we got a bunch of cool stuff we're going to talk about. He is Chris Allen, who you can find on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX. Chris, what's going on, man? Um, guys, I'm going to have to say, first off, thank you so much for letting me on this evening. And yeah, I know with the time difference and whatnot, things are pretty late, but come on. I mean, we're one week away from actually having games that we can argue with each other about the outcomes and actually look at our teams and see points being scored. So what better time to actually get together and start talking about it than right now? You know, maybe you could uh, go through a theory of mine. I I went through this last week. I was also in a mood, so I do that from time to time (laughs) where like... I mean, you actually, you seem like a very even keel person, Chris, very much unlike me. So I can appreciate you that (laughs) I feel like football, football season and the final couple weeks, it's kind of like right now as well, like when you're just at the the brink of it. But I feel like fantasy football, the end of preseason into the real season, just 
brings the worst out in people. Like, have you noticed that, like, the arguments when we've been talking about and analyzing players for months and months and months, and then we get, you know, DFS prices that we can sit at. We, we just have all this information that we circulate in our brains, and everyone's just regurgitating for weeks in and weeks out. I feel like all people look to do at the end is just argue and snap at each other, and it brings the worst out in people. Have you noticed that? And if you have, how do you combat that? Uh, for me, yes, I've totally noticed that. And I think the best analogy I can come up with is we're, we're like kids waiting for Christmas. It's, it's Christmas Eve, and we're tired of staring at the presents underneath the tree trying to figure out, well, is it is it a basketball? Is it a, is it a new gaming system? Like, what, what are those things that are sitting underneath the Christmas tree? I just want the freaking presents, all right? Like, I want to get in there, and I want to rip open the boxes and play with whatever's underneath the tree. And so that's where the, like, the impatience of fantasy footballers and the, everybody that appreciates fantasy, that's what generates all this hate because we've been inundated with all of this information for the past, what has it been, like six months where we've been speculating about rookies, looking at depth charts, looking at preseason games now that we've actually been able to see some of these players play against each other. And now it's just like, give me the games. At Let's least, just get past all the hot takes. I think people draw – they draw harder lines now, too, because they've done all their research. It's over with. They they have formed their opinion. They've handed it out. Everybody knows it. And people just flat out have hard disagreements. Exactly. And, and I think that uh, builds up some of the tension, too, where someone's like, no, no, no. Uh, Juju's going to be worthless. It's all about James, Was or James Washington. So, uh, you know, you get little things like that, and people start snapping at each other, like the Welsh and I with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Yeah, so. that's just what happens. Yeah. I mean, and Santa's not real. So, I mean, it's all the same thing. It's all <laughs> oh, about. You just ruined my childhood. I'm what sorry. I'm about? sorry. I told you, the NFL, it brings the worst out in everybody. Just bring, <laughs> I just wanted to say that Santa wasn't real. So, um, you've got a, a nice resume that's going on here. Obviously, like I said, we know you from fan tracks and you've done some stuff there, but you also do some stuff over at four for four and you've got your own pod. Uh, why don't you break it down? And just give us a quick little synopsis of what people should be on the lookout for when they follow you and where they can get more of your stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, uh, the podcast that you just mentioned is the Dynasty Owners Manual podcast. I co-host that uh, with my uh, partner in crime, Adam Wildey, and we've been kind of walking through and talking with a number of different guests throughout the Dynasty community to give new owners and also folks that have been in inside in and out of Dynasty Leagues for a while a better feel for the ins and outs and some of the nuance and just new processes and methodologies that they might not have thought of prior to sitting down and listening to our show. And we've had just a slew of guests on from, uh, we've talked to Peter Howard, who, do, who hosts the Dynasty Crossroads podcast with Jake Anderson, the guy that's been doing like all the awesome gifts and graphics and whatnot for the Scott Fishbowl. Um, we've, we sat down and talked with Carl Safchick from the beginning. George Criticos, we had him on a few weeks back as a special guest. And we even got a chance to sit down with the great Ryan McDowell uh, a couple weeks ago to get his take on a number of different topics. So, Regardless of what type of dynasty you're into, we've been we've been trying to hit as much of it as possible. So you'll get a wide variety when you come and listen to the show. And then for four for four, uh, my main focus has generally been weather impacts. That's kind of how I got into writing fantasy football, and that's why you see at the end of my Twitter handle, you'll see the FFWX because I. I didn't dub myself the weather guy. It's just something that's fascinated me for the last, I would say it's going on two, two and a half years now where it's just 
I've been asking the question for a while and I didn't see any relevant research in the area. So I figured, well, I guess I've got a bunch of spare time with wife, kids and all that. So why not look into weather? Why not? I love so weather, too, it. because I think Bogman can feel me getting there. But my one of my favorite movie quotes is my second favorite movie quote of all time. It's just the weather outside is weather. Weather. That's my <laughs> second favorite movie quote of all time. I think that's an interesting place that you're in. And I do want to talk about that, by the way. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that because that is a very, very unique thing. And then also, of course, you have got some stuff over at Fantrax. So what can people find as far as your content over at Fantrax goes? I've been focusing primarily on best ball leagues. And for those of you guys that don't know what best ball leagues are, they are one of the, I guess, the hottest growing pieces to fantasy football where it's just all you do is draft. It, the best ball leagues, like whichever platform that you use, whether it be, I mean, obviously Fantrax, like we have our own site that's set up for the best score leagues that we have there, or whether it's Fanball, formerly MFL 10s or My Fantasy League, uh, and also Draft, FFPC, whichever platform that you use, all you do is draft. You draft 20 rounds, 18 on draft because they don't do kickers or uh, defenses. And then you just sit back and wait. And then hopefully, depending on who you drafted, the money rolls in at the end of the season because it calculates what your best score is. That's why they call it best ball. And then they calculate your score. And if you have the greatest cumulative score over the entire season, you wind up winning that particular league. So it kind of worried. Sorry, I was just saying, but how worried would you be if you had a best (laughs) ball team that had week one quarterbacks of Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston? I would be somewhat worried. Like a lot? Somewhat? <laughs> no, not a lot. Because, I mean, with the, with the depth that you just talked about, I mean, of course, you're not going to have Jameis Winston. Nope. But Derek Carr, I mean, over the first No, not Derek weeks, Carr. No, no, not no, Derek Carr. No, Carson Wentz and Carson Baker Mayfield. Wentz and Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a problem. I mean... <laughs> Just draft another league. Yeah, so <laughs> there's always another... the next. Hey, Wait, that's the biggest plug for... for that one already. Hey, so. guess yeah. what? That's the biggest plug for best ball. By the way, is you just go do another one. You can just yeah, do a just whole go bunch do of them. One. If you get to the end of it and you look at you look at your team and say, "Hey, I don't like it," we'll just go draft another one then. Yeah, we got the Tom Brady Andrew Luck <laughs> one. So who yeah. do you have the most shares of in in your best ball league? Oh, that's a great as question. of right now, I've been finding myself drafting a ton of Drew Brees. I for some reason just can't seem to shake him in like the eighth. I've been seeing him fall to the eighth, ninth round in some cases. I just think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of recoil, like in terms of what we can expect the. Saints to be doing this year in terms of passing. I just don't see that RB efficiency that we saw in 2017 repeating itself in 2018. So I just think that Drew Brees is in a prime spot to bounce back this season. So I've been grabbing quite a bit of them. You know, maybe let's talk a little best ball here for a second. I think I saw Evan Silva tweeting about this, and I thought this was interesting. To It was talking about the best ball format to say that, like, the person in best ball that takes one quarterback is a psychopath. Two is the sweet spot, but three was something that he didn't understand. When you get into drafting, form, form, uh, the formula for you is what in best ball? Is it nothing but running backs? Is it you got to have minimum two quarterbacks? Or do you want those two quarterbacks to be relative high starters? Like, like what is the the best perfect construction of a best ball team look like? Uh, the I don't know if there's a perfect construction, but I would say that the most optimal construction is typically 
it's very much dependent on draft equity or uh, equity spent at that particular position. So let's say if we're focusing on quarterbacks. So you had the one case where somebody drafts one quarterback, which I would never recommend because if you're going over, if you're spanning 14, 15, 16 weeks, that at least that you're going to wind up with a zero one week. So you need at least a second quarterback to cover that bye week. Now, three quarterbacks, it's possible but the only time that I would ever spend three draft picks on a quarterback is if I wound up waiting until, let's say, the 12th to 13th round in a in a best ball draft in order to pick up my first quarterback. So there, I would say that it's entirely possible that if you're waiting until the 12th, 13th round, your first quarterback off the board or your first quarterback on your team, rather, would wind up being somebody like Philip Rivers, possibly, Alex Smith, somewhere in that range. Now, I wouldn't feel comfortable with having Philip Rivers as my QB1 with just a single quarterback behind him, sometimes, again, just depends on the makeup. So then I would wind up taking a second quarterback after that. It might wind up being uh, a Blake Bortles. It might wind up being an Andy Dalton. It might wind up being uh, even somebody like Eli Manning. But even those guys, just from a general feel of them, like if you look at their particular outlook, you might need somebody that also provides a little bit more punch. So you might even get a third quarterback afterwards, like a Tyrod Taylor, a Ryan Tannehill. If you look, if you were to combine those three quarterbacks, so Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, and Ryan Tannehill, doesn't look great, but it, at the very least, you have upside plus depth covered throughout the entire fantasy season that best ball leagues would cover or best ball drafts would cover so that you know that you at least have enough score or enough points rather collected at the QB position uh, to push forward and at least possibly save your draft. Anything that's not Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston is basically, I would the recommend that. Yeah. I would definitely recommend that. What yeah, about construction? That, otherwise uh, going, cause I'm, I'm looking at one of the ones we did on fan tracks. It was the beat ITL one. And like mm -hmm. I, our quarterback situation, I'm very happy with not the one we talked about where we had Tom Brady, Andrew Luck and Joe Flacco. We went to three quarterbacks. I don't think our running backs suffered too much because we were able to put together uh, a trio of David Johnson, Jarek McKinnon and Jordan Howard also having Spencer Ware and Devontae Booker. But it was a bit at the expense of wide receiver where but our top guys were still uh, Golden Tate, Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder with Sammy Watkins. And at tight end, we had Trey Burton. I mean, do you the, the common like uh, snake draft approach has been around running back, running back, running back early. Do you have a little bit more confidence in taking higher and wide receivers in best ball, knowing that you can just accumulate a bunch of running backs? You know, we're not worried necessarily about the roster spots or, or any of that stuff. We're just accumulating 20 players. There's no movement after that. Like, does anything change in that best ball uh, drafting than it does in maybe just a standard, uh, you know, redraft league? I would say my approach to whether or not I'm going to start with heavy RB versus heavy wide receiver is almost wholly dependent on my draft slot. So let's say if I get one of the first four picks, most likely I would wind up just taking one of the elite running backs, whether uh, pick your flavor. I mean, if it's Johnson, Bell, Elliott or Gurley, sure, you can start running back heavy and then go that way. If it's towards the back end of the draft, sure, I might wind up with a Brown, Beckham, 
Julio, somewhere in that range, and then maybe start off wide receiver heavy. But I, I would definitely, but to your point, when it comes to running backs, yeah, I'm just looking to cobble together somewhere between five to seven running backs. That, that, that seems to be the optimal range. Uh, seven's a little high, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But five to six running backs that I can just, again, since I'm not having to worry about whether or not start whether I'm starting them, sitting them, what their matchup is or whatever. I'm just looking for guys that I know should see volume. What their if we have an idea of what their role is going to be on the team, I mean, regardless of injuries and whatnot, I would I would just go ahead and try and pick them up as soon as I possibly could. Do you lay off positional uh, positionally if you pick up like if you double up running back, running back? Do you wait a while to take a running back? Same thing with wide receivers. Do you wait a while or is it all about because you don't know about the injury and the impact? You're just taking the best guy available in most rounds. In the first three to four rounds, I'm mostly just focusing on targets and touches. So if I do wind up going to running backs early, sure, I might start looking at wide receiver just to see who's available at that point. But the value isn't there. And this is where having positional tiers available to you is very is very helpful. Yep. So if the value isn't there, then I'll still continue to hammer wide, uh, running back and then look for some of the wide receivers that might be available in the fifth sixth seventh round so like somebody like Corey davis somebody like devin funches somebody like um michael crabtree some of those guys that might be available in in those in that range that i can say all right well they should get targets they should you know they, should, they might get you know grab a few touchdowns here and there and then i can focus on running backs for right now and then i'll look at tight ends even later that is perfect he is chris allen and you can find him over at four for four football fan tracks and the dynasty manual podcast now i don't want you guys to go anywhere because his twitter handle is chris allen ffwx the fantasy football weather expert and that's going to come into play because when we come back on the other side of this break we're going to talk about exactly what chris has been covering over at four for four and how the weather is going to impact your fantasy guys it, he's right it's not something that everyone's talking about it it's weather we're, yeah, we're gonna do it because <laughs> it's uh, weather outside it's weather so don't go anywhere this is in this league i'm chris welsh that's scott bogman chris allen coming up more right after this on the other side of this break from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door. After that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Let me tell you something about In This League. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, 
you've got to try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon signup, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. And that is the Obama drop the mic gif on that read, Bogman. Whew, that was a <laughs> money read. Nailed that sucker. Welcome back. It is in this league. Uh, Chris Wells, Scott Bogman, your host. We're joined by Chris Allen from Fantrax, 4 for 4 Fantasy Football, and the Dynasty Manual Podcast. We've been talking about, uh, what the hell were we talking about in the last segment? Oh, we're talking about best ball. We were best talking balls. a bunch about yeah. best ball. This is a really interesting subject that Chris covers over at 4 for 4 Football. And when we were talking off air, Bogman, you kind of lit up about the, the idea behind this because it is a unique take on um on evaluating players that i think that it kind of gets you get you kind of riled up a little bit yeah i i love the the look at the weather stuff and it's uh you know chris you've got a kind of a weather guy uh voice so i like that too it's very <laughs> soothing uh so i i enjoy that i think you're the perfect guy for it so uh i guess just first off the bat what is the biggest weather thing that affects guys and is it like certain cities? Like, are we really avoid? I mean, we're avoiding Buffalo because the offense is terrible. But is the horrible weather there on occasion just another thing to add uh, to the fact that the offense is bad? I would say yes, because there's an extra layer to the games when when weather becomes involved. And Bowie, for some reason, has been prone to, and just based off the location, it's been prone to a ton of bad weather or poor condition games in the past. Is it, I mean, when we think about weather, there is there really any surprise that, what was it, the torrential downpour game, uh, I think a few years ago, was played in Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken? Or, I mean, the the blizzard game that we had last year or last season where Frank Gore like ran for 36, he had like 36 attempts, the most in his entire career. Where was that played at? I mean, is anybody really surprised when some of these poor weather games occur where they're located at? So yeah, that's definitely, I mean, the location of where some of these games are played, it's definitely something that we need to take into account unless it happens to be in a dome, like in Detroit or something like that. So, okay. So maybe let's start from the top then, or, or the beginning of how this works in, because I'm curious that, like, like what what is the formula when you're doing this? There's the obvious where you sit and you, you go and look at the weather reports and you see, you know, it's cold or if there's an obvious rainstorm or something like that coming into play. But do you get more granular with it? Are, are you looking for things like thin air in Denver? Are you looking for sub 40 degree weather and maybe the football's harder? Is than the, the rain what made Jeremy Hill fumble in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm saying it's oh, like, man, that. Do, <laughs> is there a bigger formula that you put into consideration besides the obvious snowstorms and the rain coming down, is there a bigger play into it? So just maybe break down what this process is to you. 
Sure. And the first part that uh, the way that I went about looking at this was from a very high level. And then I tried to kind of zoom in on specific things afterwards to find out if the trends still continue to hold up afterwards. So from a high level, I started off looking at just league wide trends and just saying, OK, well, if we assume that games are going to be affected by weather, well, specifically what's going to get affected by weather. And the first thing that I looked at was Vegas projections. Because a lot of folks, whether it be the DFS community, uh, some folks from the Dynasty community, whichever, whatever the case may be, a lot of people turn to Vegas projections to say, okay, well, this game is projected to have 45 points in it. And so I don't care if there's snow coming up, uh, snow coming down in sheets, there's gonna, there are points to be had. So I, I want to get into a piece of that. But what I've found in my research is that Vegas, for some reason, has completely missed the mark when it comes to any game that projects to have a, like a, a serious amount of weather in it. And when it comes to Vegas projections specifically, so let's say that, um, for instance, there's a game projected to have 46 points in it, and because of the weather, it winds up falling short at like 43, 44 points. So there's a delta of about two to three points. Well, I, was, I went through and separated and calculated the deltas between what the actual score was versus the projected. And then using weather, weather data that I scraped from various, uh, various sources, I wound up kind of stacking them all together to say, okay, well, if weather wasn't a factor, what is it? And if it was raining or there was a ton of wind or snow or whatever, what, what, what happened? Well, for baseline conditions so if nothing was happening no wind it was a nice day i was even looking at temperature as well it was in the 50s 60s somewhere in there vegas is pretty much spot on but when it came to rain wind and snow vegas was off by a minimum of two to three points and that's on and that's on average the swings would go, I mean, would be completely wild depending on the, the particular game. But at least it showed me that whatever Vegas takes into account when they make their projections, and most folks take that as gospel when they go to do their projections, when they go to do, uh, start making their, setting their lineups for DFS or whatever the case may be. If we're off or the game is shifted in any in any particular way, that can change how you think about a particular offense, how you think about a player. It changes everything. So from there, I went to look at volume, pass attempts, air yards, how deep or like how many, you know, how deep a pass is going to be. And for each of, for both of those cases, for both volume and air yards, all affected, volume starts to drop. Air yards, passes start to start to become a little bit shorter. Not a ton, but there were noticeable trends that you could see from a league-wide standpoint that weather is starting to affect some of these games. And so from there, it was easier for me to say, okay, well, there's there's something here, so I could start to dig into specific teams and specific players to see how it, it became to affect them a little bit more afterwards. Now, let me ask you this. Why are you telling us idiots on the radio about this? Why did you not go to a casino immediately and say, look, you're off by two points on your weather. This may be the biggest mistake you've ever made. Because I think with Vegas, a lot of folks wind up, one, I'm not a huge betting person myself. I'm still trying to understand DFS myself. So I will, I will wholeheartedly admit that, yeah, while the Vegas games might be like two to three points off, and while I, 
regardless of if you listen to some of the big like DFS touts, a lot of folks will say that Vegas Vegas projections are just more or less they can be used as confirmation bias, and a lot of folks will wind up their process will might lead them or land them on a player that Vegas likes for that week, but Vegas is not the starting point. Vegas might be just some like something that you would confirm and say, hey, I really like Tyro Williams this week, and then they would look at well. The Chargers, their implied team total is 26 points. So it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that, so I'm I'm right on point with this. So I wouldn't run I wouldn't run up there just yet in order to say that Vegas, like you are absolutely wrong and you need to adjust your models. But I'm getting there. I think I'm getting now. There. Now, which one affects uh, the scores the most, or is there one? Is it the strong wins like we've seen? I think. Uh, a lot of people will say that wind is actually the biggest factor out of anything. Is it, I mean, those snow games where, you know, Frank Gore's toting the rock 36 times, they do happen, but they're rare or just the rain making uh, the ball pop out and, you know, fumbles and turnovers and all that stuff more likely. Uh, surprisingly enough, the rain was the one that did affect, uh, did affect the Vegas projections the most. But it also had the second fewest number of records that I had. Wind, I mean, wind is everywhere. I right. Mean, it's not like you would expect it. And like snow also had like a large effect. But again, as we just discussed earlier, you're only going to see snow in so many places. You're not going to see snow out in LA. You're going to see it in like maybe New York, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and you know most of the places up north. So wind. While I would say I would agree with you in that it has the most effect. Because we see some, it's more common. It's more common to any of the outdoor stadiums that most uh, most players or most teams would play in. So I would that's where I focused most of my research because it's not limited or it's not constrained by any location. It's not constrained to any one team. So I mean, minus the dome teams, obviously. So okay, so I actually have two questions here, and uh, this one just popped up, and you actually just said one team. I don't know if you have this information, but. Have you calculated at all, maybe over like a three-year span or something like that, like who has been affected by weather? Like what team has been hit with the most weather against their, especially if we're looking like, let's say, a fantasy quarterback? Do you have something like that? Even if it's not three-year, if it's one year or two years, like what team has been, has seen the most weather games? Um, I haven't, I don't have any calculations for how many times a team has seen the most poor weather games. But in the second piece that I did for 4 for 4 I dove a little bit deeper into which teams were affected the most. Uh, because when I first started looking at it, that was one of the questions that I wanted to, to answer. Was that, okay, well, if you can understand or if, you can, if we can assume that weather affects quarterbacks differently, well, who, where are the extremes at, right? So who can weather the storm, literally, the, <laughs> the, the easiest— <laughs> and who winds up getting, you know, having the most errant passes? Do, do interceptions get uh, spike? Do shorter passes start to become more prevalent? So those were the types of questions that I was asking myself. And I did find a few quarterbacks that really caught my eye, which was really interesting. Uh, the first one that, in terms of not being affected at all, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The, the uh-huh. guys are rock. And that's a dude that's going to have uh, his his official. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think the uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is facing a bunch of weather too, so that's really nice to hear. 
Oh, yes. I mean, from an efficiency standpoint, from a touchdown standpoint, from a yardage standpoint, I mean, his his totals across almost every single one of those metrics remain almost unaffected. I would say there's just a very slight difference between his baseline conditions when it's just a nice sunny day versus when the wind's whipping around. And I mean, we all saw the I think it was last season when Green Bay and the Redskins played against each other and it was in Washington. The wind, I think, was like 15 to 20 miles an hour. They were showing trash blowing through FedEx Field before the game started. Both quarterbacks wound up with between 25 and 30 points. I think Kirk Cousins had uh, between like 260 to 260, 300 yards and like three touchdowns. Rodgers threw for 302 touchdowns or something like that, and they're both QB ones for the week. So Rodgers I, was uh, not affected. Who was someone that was affected? Uh, a player that was heavily affected uh, by weather, which I really wanted to dig into, Drew Brees. Huh. Oh, the dog. I would have never. Yeah, I would have never have guessed it. But and they're too comfortable. Yeah, and one of the reasons why, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to dig into it a bit more, because looking from a volumetric standpoint over his entire career, because we got to think the the man's been playing since when was he drafted? Two thousand and two. The year of nineteen forty-two. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just he's been in the league forever. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the league forever. But when he was first drafted, where was he drafted to? Yeah, San Diego. San Diego. He was yeah. in San Diego. They play outdoors. So when I dug into it further, actually most of his poor games, like where weather affected him, was when he was still a Charger. After he moved it, uh, after he moved into the dome in uh, in New Orleans, the weather of the records that were associated with any poor games afterwards they diminished greatly. Now. I guess it definitely helps looking at the personnel that he was throwing to. I'm sure if I had Jimmy Graham to throw to, my passing stats would also look pretty great. But yeah. it, it did help that it did help the narrative in that he wasn't he didn't have one of those same narratives like we associate with Ben Roethlisberger. Like over the past couple of years, everyone's looked at the home road split, uh, home road splits with Roethlisberger, and everybody started to associate or look at the same thing for Drew Brees. Really, not the case. I'm sure that a lot, I mean, most quarterbacks play better at home anyway, and I can definitely, I, I can agree with that narrative. But to say that because Drew Brees plays outside of the dome and because there might be poor weather in there, that's that's actually not the case. Only thing it's I'm, more of, I, I'm curious about, sorry, I'm, interrupted. I'm curious about, I don't know how you quantify this, but, you know, like I wanted to ask you about like, hey, who do we think like week one, but a point to be had is we're still coming off of the summer. So does, do, does is there a factor that you put in here of how there are teams that are going to be more severely affected in the second half of their season when the weather really changes? I mean, I know that's p probably part of the whole process, but when we're saying Drew Brees is affected, that probably has to do with, you know, the road games in those times, but like, is, does that affect your drafting habits when you know a player who hits a maybe a certain marker for you and also is going to be playing in some bad weather spots in the second half of the year? How how have you seen that affect your rankings, which might differ from the norm? Uh, from a drafting standpoint, no. I, I'm still more than happy to take Drew Brees wherever I can get him. I'm still happy to take. I mean, obviously, I take Aaron Rodgers, but any of the other quarterbacks, and hopefully, folks can take a look at the at the piece to look at uh, to see all of these starting quarterbacks in their total totality. But I would take any of those quarterbacks at the start, given the right price. 
But now on a weekly standpoint, that's where you can start to play some of those games where, all right, well, Drew Brees is going to be away. He's going to be playing against, let's say, the Eagles. Insert good team here, Houston or Mm. whatever the case would be. So he's already in a bad matchup. And also, oh, by the way, the wind is going to be 15 and 20 miles an hour. If once you start to add those layers and then after all that, oh, yeah, the weather's going to be bad. Now I can start making I can start looking for alternative plans. It wouldn't be my first like initial uh, metric that I would look at to say, okay, well, I can't draft this person. But again, as I mentioned beforehand with the Vegas projections, it would be my confirmation bias that, okay, well, everything else has kind of led me up to this point to say that I'm not going to play this guy anyway, but then now weather for sure. Oh yeah. Let me, let me find it. Let me check the waiver wire to see if there's somebody else I can put in place. It's really interesting stuff. I highly suggest if that uh, piqued your interest at all, go over to four for four football. That's where Chris is doing some of that stuff. Obviously follow him on Twitter at Chris Allen, F F W X. You're going to get best ball coverage from him over at fan tracks. And you've got the dynasty manual. Uh, I keep saying it wrong. What is it? It's the dynasty owner's manual. Owner's manual. That's a great name too. It's the Dom. I'm going to call it. Uh, yes. Chris, Hey, thank you so much for uh, taking time with us. It was great talking with you. Be prepared because we'll be hitting you up again. Come over on the ITL pod and obviously come here with us. So thank you again, my man. Would love to do that. Please hit me up. And uh, again, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. All right. Don't go anywhere. We got one more segment. We're not quite done yet. And maybe Bogman will review uh, 30 Days a Night. So don't you don't want to tune out for that. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> Scott Bogman, Chris Welsh, it's in this league. We'll be back right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to. In this league. In the dark. All right, welcome back. It is the final segment of In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, big ups to Chris Allen. That was a great interview. Uh, not only the best ball stuff, the weather. Uh, we had the weather outside is weather. And we had. <laughs> he's just uh, so nice, too. Like, yeah. I hate giving him crap because he's a Bengals fan, but I like oh. also feel obligated to give him crap because he's a Bengals fan. So it, it's. it's kind of let him off the hook. There. I did a little bit. I, I, I threw that Jeremy Hill fumble in the playoffs at him. Yeah, so. one of them. Yeah, I mean, you didn't know, you know, Wee Day or, you know, I didn't Steeler mention. Day. I didn't mention on the radio that the fact I didn't mention that the Bengals last playoff win is closer to the Kennedy assassination than it is to today. I didn't didn't say say that on the radio, not to him. So yeah, on the radio. Right. Yep. And that their quarterback is Andy Dalton. Yeah. You know what? Hey, I take him over some good quarterbacks week one because he plays the Colts. How about Vontez Burfecht? Uh, I'm not gonna, I can't, I don't want to lose a hundred dollars. I can't stop. (laughs) What's affecting him? Let's do a, let's do a research on that. I'm not sure if it's going to be, I don't think it's weather. It's something else that's affecting him. Um, all right. So coming down off all that, lots of good interviews, both uh, guys over from fan track. So you can go check them out and, uh, you know, Hey man, if you, uh, maybe you finished out your leagues, you got it itching 
to get a couple more in, go check out fantracks.com. And uh, yeah, but besides getting it checked, you can click on their cash games and they have got cash games going every day. And maybe you can uh, slip in another draft before everything gets going. So uh, how do you want to finish this out, Bogman? You, we were thinking about doing a little bit of, uh, what was it, over-unders on wins, looking at, yeah. what is it, thelines.com? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I think this was odd shark, to be honest with you. Ah. So this was, uh, it, it's uh, over under on the win totals, and we can just track this and maybe perhaps make a bet on it. So oh. somewhat, you guys can send us on, on Twitter some uh, bet suggestions for this, but uh, I'll let you take the first one here. Arizona Cardinals over under win total five and a half for this season. I Last see year, six and a half. Games. Uh, well, you should look at the the sheet that I have. On I win. clicked on your link and I see not the link, not the link. Oh, the page. Don't, don't click the link. Okay, where it says wins. So five where, and a half. Where is? Oh, I see over here. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you the the link that you gave All me. Right. is not Yeah, five but and we're going to use this one. Oh, okay. So five okay. and a half. So not the one that was linked on there that says six nope. and a half. Nope. Nope. The sheet that I just told you okay. that you're on right now, the one you're looking at. Well, let's do that. Not one. Not the official article one. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> just press Five it. and a half wins the Welsh over <laughs> under for the Cardinals. Trying to win a hundred dollars. It's an expensive fantasy season. <laughs> um, I will go. Oh, this one is really tough. I'm gonna go with the over because I think six is the number. Over. All right. I'll go under. I don't think the Cardinals have a very good roster. I don't either. So, so, you know, uh, to be honest, I think if Bradford played the whole year, they probably would win six games. But because he's like he's a he's the Andy Dalton. He's like the last quarterback that you could officially have on your team. But I don't think he's going to. And we're going to go through some uh, Josh Rosen growing. I think it's tough, though. You have a team that has Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, and that team's going to win three games. They yeah, still got the a defense. defense. Chandler, Chandler Jones, he's a guy. And he's a player. And uh, is Aeneas Williams still there? Yeah, get, yeah. Name name me one other defense. Andre player. Wadsworth, <laughs> Simeon Rice, Simeon Rice. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's Patrick Peterson's good. Daniel McCann. Hassan Reddick though. Uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick though. Uh, Atlanta Falcons nine last year. They won ten. Oh man. I am going to say the under. Under nine? I think it's eight. So it's eight wins for the Falcons? Yeah. You didn't put them in the playoffs. I'm going to go over on that. Yeah. Uh, I think 10 is about right. Baltimore, eight wins. Last year they had nine. Did not make the playoffs. Mm. Under. Under? Yeah. You see? I love you again. <laughs> I, I'm also going to go on. So, by the way, I'm just going to take under on all the uh, AFC North of teams. Course, of pitch. course you are. It's also uh, got the uh, the money lines next to the uh, mm-hmm. to them. So, like, what was it? The Who were we just talking about? Baltimore. The over is a minus uh, 16, uh, 165. Right. Yeah, and the over really? in, in general pays uh, or doesn't pay. The under is what pays. But uh, like our buddy Will Hall, number one seeded ITL now, the, the Welsh mm. says, uh, uh, you know, it, it life's too short to play the the under. Too so, uh Buffalo Bills six wins is their total. They had nine last year. Did make the playoffs? I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Um, Buffalo <laughs> Bill. The Buffalo. I'd play me. Would you play me? I will say, ah, oh, this is stupid. The under. Yeah, they're not good. They're going to win three games. Carolina Panthers won 11 last year. The over-under is nine oh, this season. Oh, sons of bees. I think this could be a push. 
right crap but you gotta pick one i, am I think a lot of over pushed. so i'll take the uh, over over yeah i'm gonna I don't go like with it. the under on that uh, i do i do like the Panthers, but that's a tough division that's man. really tough well also that is if i see this correctly that so is you're the in highest lineup you're in on Carolina. You're out on Atlanta. Is basically what this says. Yeah, exactly. That is the highest. Um, you know, negative two hundred five is the highest of any of those. Like the lowest, or I guess that would be like the lowest pay line of any of them. Right. Yeah. And, and that, but it's that's the under for Carolina. So. Right. That's why you take it though, because yeah. uh, it's probably going to hit. I think it uh, pushes. Chicago six and a half. Well, I'll take the over. Over, um, you know what? I'll go with the over there too. We have a lot of listeners from Chicago. Don't want to upset them. I'll take <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll just say the over, and we'll leave it at that, so everyone's happy. Under and, and Matt Nagy, Bachman, Matt Nagy. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals won seven last year. Six and a half is the line. <laughs> the already, yeah. Bachman already put under before he under. finished talking. I already said. Um, they do have a lot of talent. I just, uh, I, I don't know about Andy Dalton. I am going to say. The over, and Marvin Lewis is still their coach. I'm gonna, say, but I think it's seven wins. Okay, yeah, and that wins. Uh, last year, the Cleveland Browns had zero wins. Their over under is five and a half this season. I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the under because I don't, I don't believe. Really, it. still? Yeah, still. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't like you. So too biased. Uh, Did you see how many unders you have? By the way, you didn't. You just say that Will Hall said that life is too <laughs> short to bet the under. He, yeah, Bogman, but we've already gone through three AFC North, AFC six, North teams. Six of eight are unders for Bogman. Da- Dallas Cowboys, eight and a half. Oh, uh, last year they won nine. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be Debbie Downer again. I'm going to take the under. <sighs> I'm going to take the over. Okay, nine. All right, uh, here I'm going the over on this one. Denver Broncos at seven last year they won five. I'm gonna say over on this one. I got them winning the division. So uh, apparently life is too short because I'm gonna go over too. Over uh, Detroit Lions nine wins last season seven and a half. Uh, rookie head coach Matt Patricia. What do you think? I'm gonna go under here. I'm gonna say seven. <clears throat> it's a tough one, but <sighs> Green Bay Aaron Rodgers is back. Yeah, Bears and are better. Minnesota and Minnesota exactly. I'm going to go under just because I think seven and nine sounds about right. Because you like the under. Uh, I do like the under. Uh, Green Bay Packers, seven wins last year, 10 oh. line this year. Oh. Good line. That is a great line. I'm going to take the over, though. I'll take the over, too. I think that uh, we get two really good teams out of that division. That's a rough one. Houston Texans won four, Houston Texans won four games last year with Deshaun Watson being injured eight and a half is there over under this season? You actually yeah. liked them, didn't you? Put them in the playoffs and yeah, for ITL. Yeah, so. I'm gonna take the over. over eight yeah, and a half. I think yeah. I think they could be a ten win team. Mm. I didn't put them in the playoffs, but I could see them winning nine and getting pushed out. So, oh god, um, then we have to have that conversation again, where it's like, oh, the, best, the team with the best record, not the divisions. Blah. Yeah, but that's why Andy Dalton is the Sultan of Buffalo now. Because he threw that bomb to beat Baltimore, so Buffalo got in the playoffs for the you know first time since How we landed. How awesomely disrespectful is that whole thing of them just like Buffalo just standing ovation to Andy Dalton for being who he is? Well, they appreciated him. I don't. I don't think it's disrespectful. I think they really like they needed the help to get to the playoffs. So yeah, I don't think it's disrespectful. I, I think it. I think it's. I true. think it's, it's disrespectful in a special way. Well. 
how how happy do you think Buffalo would be if their starting quarterback was Andy Dalton right now instead of Josh Allen or AJ McCarron or uh, the, the other idiot Nate Peterman? Can you imagine if your quarterback was AJ McCarron? <laughs> I mean, well, come on, man. How many horrible quarterbacks did you go with, go through in uh, San Francisco? Don't you down talk Tim Rattay. <laughs> Tim Rattay. Tim Rattay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts won four games last season. Andrew Luck is back. That's good enough to get them two and a half wins. They're saying six and a half is the over under. I am going to take the under. I mean, I think six wins yeah, is probably too. it, right? Six yeah. and ten. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, this is why these lines are good. Uh, Jacksonville won 10 last season. Nine this year is what the over-under is. I am going to go with nine. That is such a push. I'm going to go under. Uh, Uh, Over. Over. Don't like it. Short to, to bet the under, right? Uh, but I am doing it here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ten wins last year, eight and a half this season. I think they're the team taking the nosedive. I think the Chargers are pretty solid. Denver got a much better quarterback in Case Keenum. I think I'm going to take them over the likes of the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll so. go under two. Uh, Kansas, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, not the Kansas City Chargers because mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. Nope. Uh, nine wins last season, nine and a half is the over-under this year. I think that's a perfect number. Yeah, it is. To aggravate me. Um, go over, though, for ten wins. Yeah. I do. Yep. I got to go over because I got him in the playoffs. This is a tough this one. This is Rams, the worst one. Damn it. Rams 11 wins last season. The line is set at 10 this year. I'm going to go over. Yeah, me too. I, I think mean, the Rams I, are 12 and 4 team this year in the NFC West, and uh, the Seahawks and Cardinals are going to be probably lowly. Yeah, and I think the Niners are a year or two away still. Uh, but I do think they're much improving, and I think they will finish better than Arizona and uh, stupid Seattle. Uh, Miami, six wins uh, last year, six and a half. Apparently, Ryan Tannehill is going to make them better. A half a game uh, better, huh? Oh, war. That's a war conversation. Uh, under. Yeah. <laughs> Bachman was typing under, like he typed it before he even said it. <laughs> uh, Minnesota mine. Vikings won 13 games last year, 10 is all they're saying wow. this year. Of course, we have, you know, 13 wow. and 3, but no Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers for a half a game until Anthony Barr laid on his collarbone. So um, th- this is a tough one because I feel like this is an exact amount. This is a push. Yeah. But I- I'll-, I'll say the over because I'm buying into Minnesota this Me too. Season. Yeah, no, you nailed it. Like, I think 10 is the- that number. But, you know, Minnesota and Green Bay, they could split it and then they could beat the hell up uh, on the-, the rest of the division, which that wouldn't actually help my Bears um, call by any means. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Minnesota, it's tough to go against and yeah new england bogman filled out new england and we haven't even gotten to them yet Yeah, it's over i mean new england plays they got miami twice they got buffalo twice and they got the jets twice that's six wins right there yeah so the, can they put six wins uh you know in the other 10 games together i think probably uh new orleans saints 11 wins last season nine and a half this year i'm going over on the saints too see i'm hitting a lot of overs now yeah that's i'm i'm with you though i'm with this i'm with the saints on this one i think that's a 11 i think again 11 win team and if i think that atlanta maybe pairs back a little bit and then you've got carolina that's still good tampa should have a nice free fall so yeah i'm with this one how about uh saquon barkley moving the giants up from three wins to seven plus obviously pat Shermer, new offensive coordinator there Uh, i to be honest, I think seven is 
and I know we've said this a bunch of times, but this is why, you know, this is why these lines are so good. You know, Vegas pays a lot of money for these guys to make these lines. I think seven's about perfect. I'm going to say the under, though, for the Giants. Damn. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to go under, too. That I one's think, rough. That one's rough because it, it, like I here's where I have the hardest time. Also, you know, this is not like we're not Gabe Morrissey or anything into this type of uh, betting and and gambling. But what I would say though is these divisions that from top to bottom. We were talking about divisions on the latest ITL show where like these divisions that are kind of good from top to bottom and they can beat up on each other. I have a really difficult time with those because sometimes you like right. this division right here, you know, you look at the giants and you're like, all right, could Dallas do something? Could, uh, the Eagles do something? Yeah. I mean, th- this entire division could just beat up on each other and could they all win eight games? Yes. Yeah, so it, it's, it's really tough with the giants because they've got some playmakers here. I hate going against them, but and, yeah, I got to go under if I and think you can the, see the dolphins, bills and jets being much better than any of the other teams in that division outside of new England. So that could be four wins for them right there. Yeah. So uh, that's difficult as well. Speaking of New York Jets, five wins last year. Sam Donald now the starter. Six is what they're projected <laughs> at. Uh, under. Under, yeah, I got to go under as well. Uh, Oakland Raiders, the Welsh, six wins last year. Uh, apparently John Gruden's getting them two more, eight. I think that's the number, but I'm going to go under. I think it's seven. Samesies. Uh, Philadelphia, 13 wins last year. Ten is what the number is set at this season. Ah, that's the number. Um, I'm going to go over because I think they're a 10 win team. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Same thing. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, 13 wins last year. 10 and a half is the number. Bogman, no number could Bogman take the under. I'll go yeah, 17 uh, wins. I'll go over. I'll go over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your San Francisco 49ers. I like this one. Uh, six wins last year. Eight and a half, a whole season of Jimmy G. I like it. I got to go over because I think they're going to make the, the the playoffs, hit the wild card. I think nine could be it that gets them there, but I think there could be a 10, 10 possibility. You know, they can get there with eight, but I'm going to go over. I think that it's moving up. Eight is what it set out for the, the Seahawks, who won nine last year. I think this roster is terrible outside of Russell Wilson. So I'm, I'm going to say under. I'm also going to go under. And I'd like to point out the second highest pay line, uh, or as far as you know, lowest payout, is that right there, the Seahawks uh, under. It's a 180, negative 180. Yeah, but I, one of the highest uh, pay fours is 150, taking the over on them. <laughs> that's, that's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, six and a half. Under. Last year they won five. Under. Under. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans, eight. You uh, the playoffs. Yeah, you I got to go, go over. I got to go over. Uh, I'm going to go under the eight. Uh, Washington, seven, which is the perfect number. They won seven last year. They're projected to win seven again. I'm going to go eight, uh, so I'm going to go over. I, I go under. I just don't like that team. Yeah, I don't like them. All right, there you go. So somebody track that. We've got a little sheet here. We'll track that. Those are wins for the season. And uh, in the next episode, we're going to really be able to get granular because week one will officially be here. We'll have one game behind us. 
and we'll have the rest of the slate. We're going to go through the full slate. We'll talk to you about uh, the lines. We'll talk to you about some pricing, DFS-wise. We'll go through the whole gambit of it. And if you guys want to have a great, fun experience this year with uh, fantasy football and football in general, check us out over at patreon.com slash Army. Bogman's going to have the Thursday night game with Bogman uh, live stream that we'll do for our members, and you can have fun. You can play the bingo games. You can check out the podcast we've got. Get in our group me rooms and so much more. Uh, killer episode with all the great guests with Chris Allen and Steve Taroni. So I appreciate everybody that uh, tuned in with us and stuck with us for the three hours. Have a great, great first game of the NFL season. Find us on Twitter. Tell us how it went for you. For Bogman, I am the Welsh. Good night now, my friends. See ya.